Okay. Yeah, as long as you I two find... can hear her, then this thing can hear her. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we're talking Ted Lasso Season 2. And we have Pat Wick here with us to get into everything good. And Nate. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Nick Glover. Hey, hey. And Tim Wick. We're rich until we die. We're rich until we die. <laughs> and today, she's here, she's there, she's every fucking where. We've got Pat Wick with Yay. us to talk Ted Lasso. Woohoo! I'm here, I'm here. That's right, we're talking Ted Lasso season two. Uh, we're going to spoil the shit out of it. If you haven't watched this show Honestly, you're behind the times. It's the cultural zeitgeist of 2021. Get on it. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, Apple TV Plus subscriptions are pretty cheap. You could watch this entire show in a month easy, even with other demands on your time. If you have uh, literally have- any Apple device, they'll give you a year for free. That That's, is true. Uh, yeah. Target Circle also sometimes has a, an offer for a few months for, for free or for cheap. I've seen, a, I've seen an offer come up on Xbox Live, too, for a discounted rate a couple times but i think it's like six bucks a month five i think five yeah Yeah. so honestly it's worth your money it really is uh we are going to get into why but if you haven't watched it i genuinely believe that you should shut down this podcast right now skip to the next episode go back and let's re-listen to another one but uh don't let this be spoiled for you because the show's worth it yeah all right, now that those people have fucked off to watch Ted Lasso, let's talk <laughs> Ted Lasso season two. Ted Lasso yeah. season two. So uh, this season won uh, a bunch of awards. Uh, Jason Sudeikis won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy Series and the Emmy for Best yeah. Actor in a Comedy Series, Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. It won Best Comedy Show in Golden Globes. Uh, it won both supporting actor roles for Hannah, Go- uh, Hannah Wad- Waddington, Wadston. Waddington, uh, I think. Waddington. I'm going to look and, it up to be sure. And Brett Goldstein, who plays uh, uh, Roy. Uh, it was. It's really. It's been sweeping the awards for writing, for editing. Uh, it's. It's great. So it's crazy because uh, a lot of people really slept on season one. I feel like a lot of folks didn't check it out until it was already wrapped up and then yeah. and then got kind of swept up in it with friend recommendations and stuff. Yeah, Hannah, I don't know if Hannah it was- Waddingham. Waddingham. All right. I didn't know if it was eligible for any 2020 awards, but if it was, it didn't get nominated yeah. for any. So every all the awards that it's it's won, like it just won a bunch of Emmys. That was all for season one. Oh, oh OK. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, season one won a bunch of awards and season yeah. two is even better. And we're going to tell you what. All <laughs> right. So uh, my my uh, my fellow Ted Lassoans, Lassos. My lasso loops. What do you call it? What do we call it? I don't each other? know. We need it. We need a fan. All right, like we got to think of it. Name. Think it up. All right. Fan club name. So, I can't imagine this doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're the diamond favorite? dogs. We're diamond dogs. All right. Yeah, we're the diamond dogs. All right. So, focusing on season two, who's your favorite character this season? This season. I mean, it's Roy Kent. Yeah. It's Roy. He's he's got a fantastic arc 
this season. I just, I love watching Roy come into his own as a non-footballer. Um, yes. You know, in the first season, there's that, there's that sadness to Roy, that realization that he's kind of at the end, even though it was also just kind of this awesome asshole who turns out is really yeah. a nice dude under yeah. the assholeness. But, but you know, the, the, the going from the, from the, the tearful retirement video to, <laughs> uh, becoming a commentator uh, to becoming a coach, just, just watching Roy discover who he is. And uh, at the end of the season, then, then watching Roy have an issue with who he is in the relationship with Keeley, um, which I think is going to be a big theme probably in season three. Uh, but Roy just, I mean, and he's still fucking hilarious. Yeah. And, yeah, I completely agree. Also, we got to see him with his uh, group of women that watches uh, uh, Lust Conquers All, yeah. the, uh, the dating show that Jamie is on uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, Tim. Roy's my favorite. Uh, he was my favorite in season one. He continues to be my favorite in season two. Uh, I will say for me, he is like I I I found personally like his his uh, his way that he doesn't he won't he he will grow but he won't change. And maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense to you, but like, uh, you know, when they're like, oh, you gotta, you gotta not swear so much around, around your niece, around Phoebe. And he's like, well, that's not happening. So he tells her, you gotta, you gotta stop repeating the words I say, those aren't words for you, you know? And like, it's, it's very, he, he won't, he doesn't change who he is. He doesn't stop swearing when he's on Sky News. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't stop yelling at players just because Ted Lasso likes the nice approach, but he grows. He starts to understand, you know, the reasoning behind the things he does. And I think that is such a great, it's such a great way to show somebody that it is possible to stay who you are and be true to yourself without just being an asshole forever and never yeah. changing. Uh, Nick, yeah. Pat, what who, who are you favorites? Uh, my favorite is Ben Coach Beard. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. The Coach Beard moments are, with one very notable exception this season, we tend to get little doses of, of Coach Beard, you know, usually interacting with Ted and being his confidant or, you know, oldest friend. Sometimes you see him grumbling and rumbling at, at other coaches or players, and we'll talk more about that later, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, he's a great character in small doses. I think he's um, distilled down and and very potent. You don't need a lot of Coach Beard. Uh, but I was absolutely delighted by the Coach Beard episode uh, uh, and seeing more of him and even getting to see him grow and change a little bit mm -hmm. um, with uh, Jane and, and, and all that stuff. Oh, and, yeah. and some of the, the coaching, you know, interpersonal professional drama that, that occurred this season, we, we hear there's a little bit of growth there for him too, but it was fun to see him switch from being the supportive kind of silent Bob type mm -hmm. to being uh, aggressive and protective. Yeah. But still fairly low key. It was an interesting shift to see. That's a good, I like that. That's a good answer. All right, Pat, favorite right. character this season. So I love those characters, but I'm gonna actually go for a woman just cause you know, diversity and <laughs> Keely. I absolutely adore oh, yes. Keely this season. She was, I mean, she's still fun and quirky and 
just the kind of person that you really think that would be a great person to hang around for a girls weekend, you know? Oh, yeah. Just the shenanigans you could get into and the stories you would tell for years. Um, And I like the fact that she had an interesting arc, not just with a boyfriend who wasn't, as she claimed in an earlier episode, a 23-year-old footballer. Yeah. Season one thing, but Uh getting and trying to have an uh, adult relationship with an actual adult. Yeah. And her career changing from it being about her body to being about what her brain can do. Yeah. And like her relationship with Rebecca is so great. And like they're like they're constant supporting of each other, uh, telling each other things. But, you know, like it doesn't feel they they talk about things, but they don't feel gossipy. You know, like they're not mean girls. They're right. they're not like being mean about other people. They're not coming together to be cruel. They're actually coming together to really support each other and and encourage each other to take risks. Like the I Diamond think, Dogs. They are I think like one the really dogs. Yeah. one really notable thing about uh, Keely and Rebecca is they never sit around and diss Bex. Um, no. Rupert's, Rupert's new Rebecca. It's no. like. There's never, and maybe that happens, right? You know, but we're never shown the two of them sitting around and ripping on Vex, which is really an interesting choice and a good choice. Yeah. They never choose to have them ripping on other women. They're just supporting each other. Um, yeah, same with Sassy. Sassy is never Sassy doesn't show up and and like say nasty things about the other women. You, they could have easily done a really trite thing especially in season one with sassy and keely and rebecca being like a jealousy triangle but instead it was like oh my god i love her oh my god we are going to be the best of friends like it was it's it's such a good non-tropey thing yeah. yeah especially since it seems more real at least for a lot of my experiences you yeah. have somebody who's really cool and then they say this other person's really cool it tends to be the truth yeah have a good time. yeah all right so uh what was your favorite moment, or if you have a whole favorite episode, and talk about both. If you have a favorite episode, but your favorite moment isn't in there. So, I, I mean, obviously, tying into my last yeah. answer, the, the Coach Beard episode was my favorite episode. Um, but Beard's Night Out or whatever. Yeah, yeah but yeah. there's a specific part of that episode that I loved uh, so much, and that's the, the three gents that are the big super fans that are always at the pub. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Beard using his uh you know charisma, his his presence and his his brilliance gets them into this, you know, ungettinable club and he fakes himself as a uh like old uh you know college uh member of this, yeah. this these uh more aristocratic guys Brilliant go to improv. Yeah, and and he manages to set up these three guys uh, pool sharking the fuck out of these rich gentlemen. <laughs> and they go on to have the best fucking night of their lives, something that they'll tell their grandkids about. Uh, the night, it, it, the story, the night for them ends with Beard telling them to go and tell the groundskeeper that he said it was okay, and they get let out onto the pitch of their, Which you know, means, their teams. Uh, uh, field to go to go play and uh, so much of that was little to no effort or expense on Beard's part like for him that was just a, a fairly casual fun night thing but that little bit of effort on his part just was like the best night of their lives for these three Yeah, and I just I really really appreciate that and I think it speaks well to the 
understated brilliance of the character. Pat, what was your favorite moment or episode? Um, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I think when uh, Ted and Sharon, the uh, counselor that's brought in for the season. Yes, she's new in season two. And the, you know, she's been trying to talk to him. He's been just flitting around and having these moments of, I don't want to talk to a therapist. I'm from the Midwest. I don't really like it. I mean, it's kind of fun and I see the truth in it. But when she has an honest talk with him and says, well, you know, you said that as a, a therapist, I should be wanting to do this for free. And, you know, it's like, but do you coach for free? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I mean, I would, but do you? No. So mm-hmm. it's okay to do what you love for payment. And she did it so nicely, but yeah. firm. She wasn't mean. She wasn't insistent. It was just a, let's, here's the crayon. We're going to bring you from A to B to C. And can you get there? Great. Like a good therapist. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the fact that she was always being shown as a good therapist, but that particular one, well, mostly because we weren't ever allowed to be seen the various therapies she does on the other people. Right. Right. For sure. Which I think is really, yeah, that, and that's the thing, too. We haven't, we didn't really talk about her yet, but she's a great addition. And not just as a, like, it seems at first she's being set up as a foil for Ted. But I think that moment right there really cements that she's not there to be his adversary the way he thinks she is. Like, she's not there to undermine him. She's there to support him, you know, in her way, the way he coaches. You know, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really nice moment. And it changes then in retrospect, all the worried scenes he has where she's in the stands watching the coaching happen, <laughs> where she's just watching it from a perspective of a professional. Does she get closer every time I turn my back? <laughs> that was such a, oh, oh God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Because like, there's, there's a little bit of like playful, harmless fucking with Ted happening. Oh, yeah. I feel like. That's clearly happening. But like only enough to like test his boundaries a little, I feel like and make make him realize that he is being made uncomfortable in a way that might wake him up to to his biases, I feel like. Therapy has to make you uncomfortable or it doesn't work. I mean, to be honest, no one goes to a therapist and just has a good time and they're like, I'm better. (laughs) Uh, Tim, Tim, what was your favorite moment slash episode? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a good moment. There are a lot of good moments. We haven't talked a lot about Sam, who I thought uh, this is a really good season for Sam. Um, and he he grew a lot as a character and, and became kind of the leader of the team without really trying to. Uh, but the moment that I think was was great is when Sam decides that he needs to take a stand against, uh, I think, is it Quantum Air? Oh, no, it's air, yeah. air, something. Um, sponsor. Yeah, yeah, their sponsor. They're, they're, they're big. They're big sponsor. Their big sponsor, who is the their parent company, is an oil company that's doing terrible things in his home country of Nigeria. He's Nigerian, so yeah. uh, and he decides that he can't wear that company's name on his chest when he's playing, uh, and he 
takes a piece of black tape and he puts it over his his uniform. And, and then there are two other Nigerians on the team who do the same thing. And what's great about that moment is the next thing that happens is Jamie Tart, who we brought back. And we kind of want to feel like uh, it's Dubai Air, Pat reminds me. Dubai Air. Dubai Air. So Jamie Tart, who has come back and and wants to be a better person and is working on being a, a better person. And he's the next person to put that tape on his jersey. And what he does at that moment is he gives the leadership, really, to Sam, right? Yeah. He's, he, he's like, all right, I am standing with Sam. We should all stand with Sam. And he makes Sam into the leader of that team. And I thought that that was a, that was a really poignant moment in a really good episode, which is probably my favorite episode of the season, is that season about the Dubai air problem. Yeah. Uh, but, you uh, make but, a good... but that moment was great. Yeah, you make a really good point because that 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 is a really good. Uh, it's this this show this season in particular does so much. I know it's a bit of a cliche to say show don't tell, you know, when it comes to you know doing cinema or TV, but really they did a lot of that in this season, and particularly they demonstrated a lot. And uh, uh, when we talk about Nate, we're going to get into a lot of that. But uh, yeah. like this is a really good example of them showing. The, that Jamie is trans like being a making a gesture that transfers that power both socially and you know it's already been done uh, in terms of the team hierarchy but that's him handing that over you know yeah. like like understanding that he's not the hot shot right now it's Sam and that's kind of interesting because that's where he and Roy Kent were at the first season you know it was Roy realizing he's not Roy Kent Roy fucking Kent as much as he is you know an older guy now and jamie's kind of what is he 25 that's like 100 in so- yeah. professional sports but, years right but i mean jamie and jamie and and danny are still the stars right they're still the guys that are going to score most of the points but right. but sam is like the heart of the team the heart yes yeah. exactly exactly and that, and that putting the tape on his jersey at all let alone being someone to step up and do it you know early in that uh, show of support is something that Jamie Tart in the first season absolutely would not have done. Oh no, yeah. he would have, he would have, he would have told them to stick it up their ass just to, just to he be did, that guy. He would have made know? fun of them in a way that, yeah. You know, yeah. He yeah. would have been the only player on the field without tape on his Jersey. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think on he the would pitch. Have- I don't think you would have allowed those people to go out on the pitch with it on there because it was unprofessional or some other thing. Oh, Jamie wouldn't have given a shit. Jamie? Really? You don't think Roy, he Roy, Roy, no, maybe. Roy, but Jamie, Roy might have fought him. But all yeah. Jamie gave, gives a shit about is himself in season yeah. one. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I will say, too, there's like the thing you mentioned about Sam and his, his you know, his the reason that he decides to go against uh Dubai Air is because of his father calling him and saying, you know, they're doing terrible things in Nigeria. There's a lot of stuff with fathers in this season. Um, Ted both, we find out about his father, you know, dying by suicide when Ted is very young and how Ted found him as a teenager, but also Ted as a father. So he's, you know, kind of playing both sides. Sam and his dad, Rebecca and her dad. Rebecca's father finding out. About his Rupert as a child. Oh my God. Oh God, right? Rupert as a child, which he made very clear. It seems like he made it clear to Rebecca he didn't want kids. Ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. And oh, yeah. so it's a it's a triple, it's a triple fuck you. And yeah. uh Jamie is mm. in direct defiance of his father uh being a part of Richmond again. 
um, his scumbag father who beats the shit out of Beard in the oh, Beard yeah. episode with his Manchester City uh, shit and yeah. like cheering against his son and shit like that. Like, yeah, it's it's interesting. This was a season of uh, of daddy issues. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, so I will say my favorite moment uh, is uh, so okay when Roy comes home <laughs> and he hears Keely is off to a room and he catches her masturbating and she's watching a video and he's like <laughs> he's like and he's kind of laughing he's like were you having a wank and she's like ah and he's like were you watching porn let me see you know trying to thinking it's going to be a sexy playful moment and he grabs her phone and he looks <laughs> at it and she's she's uh she's uh wanking to a video of him announcing his retirement from Richmond and crying yes and his first reaction this is a really good example of roy not changing but growing his first reaction was angry and embarrassed and like fuck this that's awful but then she says it's because you're so vulnerable it's because you're being so open and so honest and that's such a turn on for me when you're such a open emotional guy and it would have been so easy for season one Roy Kent to be like, nope, and just storm off and not think about it, break it off and move on, right? But instead he hears her, he really does. And so he gives her back the phone and he goes down on her, which is like, just, that's some, that's some God tier boyfriending right there. <laughs> that That is like accepting what your partner finds is sexy, like getting over your own insecurity about it because she's saying, I find this sexy, even though you think it's weak and then doubling down on like, like doubling down that. while going down, doubling down. Doubling while going down. down. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's, it's really easy to, to get in the weeds just talking about all the things we loved about this show and this season in particular, but was there anything that you didn't love? Was there maybe an episode you didn't think was all that great or a moment that you thought was like, and I'll give you what mine is. So you guys can have some time to think. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. I think they did the Ted Lasso thing a little too much. And sometimes it felt a little forced. I think sometimes his jokes and his references that he makes felt a little forced. Like it wasn't, the kind of thing that a regular person would do. And if a person made these sorts of jokes, people would be kind of like, eh. you know, like that one didn't land. Like there, there was some, like, there was just some polls where it was like, well, call me a, you know, television reference because I'm like adjective on a hot summer's noon or whatever. And it was just like such a long road to hoe that it felt like it wasn't worth the punchline. It only happened a few times. But when it did, I was kind of like, eh, that's too bad. Like it, the, the, the ones in season one were always so pithy and short and quick. They felt like something someone would think up right away. And some of these felt more like writer's room and like, not they, a person. They feel like something Ted is rehearsing at home a little bit. to then like use the next day. Yeah, almost. a sure. little bit. And maybe, maybe that's what they intended because he's starting to feel more and more anxious and he's starting to try to, maybe it's it's like Ned Flanders, right? Like the more anxious he gets, the more scrum diddly um dum dib dub dumptious he, he gets with his <laughs> diddly dong dang adjectives. So maybe it was meant to be like that. But uh, there were a couple of times where it rang just a little false for me, uh, which is, I mean, to, for there to be like a half, a half a handful of throwaway lines that you were like, eh, yeah. about is pretty amazing. Yeah. That's fair. <clears throat> I have one ready. 
I have my yeah, moment. Yeah, let's do it. I did not like the uh, lead tasso alter ego. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was weird. It was... It was weird. I mean, that's probably the best way to say it. I thought it fell flat. It was really obvious when they were doing it. What It's like, no, you can't possibly. Yes, I'm going to do it. And I felt it went long, and it felt like a Saturday Night Live skit that sounded great on paper, but it wasn't, and then they didn't cut it short. Or worse, this was the cut short. Although I will argue eh. that I loved Dr. Sharon's response to it, which was basically like, has this ever worked? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both like, eh, eh, no. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I agree with you, Pat. That was another one where it was just kind of like, okay, that I thought it was going to go somewhere, right? It, it didn't. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. No, it was just like I'm going to be this kind of jackass. If that's what you think should work, it's I'll the be opposite jackass, of me. jackass. And yeah. the opposite. Whoa. And then yeah, you know, like snap out of it. How long was I out for? Like oh yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, dumb. I mean, like he was actually not there. Like it was an actual alter or something. Like which, a disassociative identity. Yeah, which also feels a little ableist too. Yeah. Just, it just, it, I don't know, it just left a bad taste in my mouth all around. It wasn't I'm like, I'm going to go pretend to be this person and then just to say that doesn't work, right? Not, I'm going to disassociate and then be this jackass. But honestly, he wasn't that much of a jackass, really. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah to me, didn't work. All right. Nick, uh, Tim? I, I feel like there are a couple of characters that really uh, kind of got ignored a lot this season. Uh, you're going to have to excuse me. I forgot the character's name, but the, the the captain of the team. Yeah. The guy who replaced Roy Kent as the captain yeah. in the first yeah. season. Uh, that dude is like background this whole yeah, season. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, like, too. He has, he has one kind of meaningful moment in the end of the, the last, uh, or you know, in the last episode. Uh, and maybe a couple of small, casual things that occur. But really, as a character, he's not really present. And, and I feel like, to a lesser degree... Uh, you know, excluding this, the Christmas episode, Higgins is really just kind of a convenient plot device. Like the the running gag about him be, not having an office because uh, Doctor yeah. Sharon is there it just was like, like you mean to tell me that they don't have any spot for him, or that he can't work from home, or no one set up a temporary office for him, or yeah. or something like, like I in season one, a part of his growth and Rebecca's growth was like her forgiving him and him not being just like the lackey punching bag for everyone, right? And him kind of coming into his own. And then I feel like this whole season, he just kind of stepped into the background with the exception of, uh, you know, him and his family hosting on Christmas. Except for his Uh, constant attempts to find an office, which feels like marginalizing marginalizing him even more, doesn't it? Yeah, even though though theoretically he's marginalizing himself, it's like why isn't Rebecca saying no? Here we've got, we've got a big facility. There's got to be a different place he can have an office. Yeah, Um, yeah. It just it just felt like oh yeah, guy, guy. I forgot about Higgins. We got to do something for him. Ah, boy, he doesn't really fit into this narrative. Uh, How about uh, you know he doesn't have an office? Yeah, run with it. Yeah, yeah. Tim, anything for you? Uh, yes, I. the, the the story that I felt got a little bit shorted, um, you know, is when Sam goes to Ted and says he really is uncomfortable with Ted bringing back Jamie Tart. And Ted's like, that's I'm not going to do that. 
I think it's um, Isaac, actually. I know Sam is, it, is, is Sam, Sam is the one. Sam is oh, the one okay. who goes to town. I always thought it was Isaac the captain. Okay, all right. No, it's Sam because because of the way Jamie treated him. Jamie oh, always okay. treated Sam really badly. Um, and Ted makes the decision to bring Jamie back for good reasons, but he's told Sam he's not going to do it. And then he does it anyway. And you see a look from Sam that shows that he's hurt by it, but then we don't go anywhere with it. And mm. and the character we established in season one would go to Sam and have a conversation with him about it and explain, this is why I did it, and apologize. And, and you know, he doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that was a miss. I felt like that was a miss because it happens and it's over. Now, maybe, maybe that gets paid off sometime in season three. That might happen. But for now... It's not paid off, and I was a bit disappointed with it. Honestly, it might even, that could be them trying to subtly show Ted being more uh, self-absorbed a little bit uh, and in, in his spiraling anxiety uh, that, the pre, you know, season one Ted would have definitely done that, but season one Ted wasn't divorced yet, uh, wasn't starting to experience these, you know, panic attacks. Maybe, maybe mm. that was an, maybe that was intentional, but I think you're right. I think it's more likely that they just felt like his speech about, well, Ta Jamie's going to come back and that's that, like would have smoothed it over, but it, I don't think yeah. it would have. It was so abrupt. It, it was. was basically like, no, of course, Jamie's not coming back. And then he turned his back and was like, okay, so Jamie's coming back. Like yeah. it happened so fast. There was like this whiplash that never happened that I feel like is due. Yeah. And so. the fact that it's never brought up that how disappointed the people must have been when all of a sudden they find out because Jamie runs onto the field. Yeah. After being told point blank to the entire team, don't worry about it. I said no. Yeah, yeah. And then he runs on wearing a shirt and they're all like, what the hell? Right. Yeah. So speaking of bad decisions, let's talk about Nate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Nate was the equipment manager in season one and got promoted to assistant coach uh, in for season two, basically. Uh, I don't remember where in season one it happens, but it's toward last, the end. The last episode, episode yeah. 10. Yep. And so uh, at, we are we are primed to love Nate at the start of this episode, at the start of this season, because he's the underdog. He's he's the, he's made good. All the other players used to shit on him in season one, treat him like a secondary member of the team, like he wasn't actually part of the team. And he has great ideas. And here he is. He's going to prove himself. And he sure did prove himself <laughs> to be a total dickbag. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. It, we, we are shown in a couple different ways that he is proficient at his job. Yeah. He is. He has. He's a wonder kid. Well, okay. <laughs> He's proficient at one aspect of his job, right? Because being a coach is more than just being a tactician. Mm -hmm. right. It's also, you know, training and leadership and, yep. and, and all these being there for your team and all these other ways. And Nate is a good tactician. But, like, he's really dog shit at every other part of his job. He really yeah. is. I mean, I think... Uh... One thing that that this season does is it's it's showing how Lasso is putting together a coaching team. It's like Ted's not a very good soccer coach, but he's right. a good coach and he right. recognizes what his team needs. So it's like Nate's a good tactician. So he brings in Nate because he's a good tactician. Roy is super good at getting the most out of his players. Roy can um, speak football to them. He's Roy, football. Roy's been. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing they're going to do that he hasn't done. 
Yeah. And Beard Beard is their uh their deep dive and research guy. Yeah. Like he's the one that always has the information about the other teams and all that yep. stuff. Yeah. And Ted's job is to inspire him. And he knows that. Yeah. He knows yes. that that's his job. Um and uh, and so he knows that Nate has an important job, but what Nate kind of thinks is he can do all the jobs or he wants to think that he can do all the jobs. He's the wonder um, kid. He's, he's amazing. He's the best. He can do everything. And uh, except get slightly embarrassed, at which point he fucking crumbles and turns into an insecure asshole. <laughs> like, and honestly, because that's really what happens is he he gets there are a few things that happen that, that uh, you know, you can argue there are microaggressions, but a lot of them are, you know, things that can happen to anybody. And he is not made of the stuff to withstand those minor embarrassments and slights. Right. Like it's mentioned that that a microaggression is that he doesn't get an espresso maker, except those were only for the players. None of the coaches got an espresso maker. Right. But right. There, is, there is a level at which he's told he can't have one that is a little meaner, I guess. It's, it's, it's. It's more of a, why would you think you're getting one? It is what it, right. I think yeah. he hears, right? That's what he hears is why would you think you deserve anything special? Um, yeah. the, the, another little microaggression is, uh, every time he wears the suit Ted bought him, it's the suit Ted bought you and Ted not suit. Ted suit. Oh, you're wearing Ted suit. Well, it's my suit actually. Oh, right. But Ted bought it for you. And it's yeah. like, well, yes, you know, and so another, you know, emasculating, infantilizing you know situation yeah another microaggression that i i thought of uh, that didn't even occur to me is like in season one the team kind of bullies nate right they kind of treat oh, him yeah. like crap and ted basically goes and says let's make this stop by getting roy to be the leader that he knows roy needs to be yes um but in season two the team treats will pretty good yeah uh and i think that nate sees that and he's like and that's probably one of the reasons that he treats will like shit yes i agree um, oh because sure. he thinks he feels like will has to pay his dues yeah yeah and like being the equipment manager is a shit job and everyone screams at you and calls you a pussy and you're an asshole but no one else is doing that but him <laughs> i had it bad so everyone else has to have a bad too classic yeah. and <laughs> and that he needs to be he needs to enforce that since nobody else is. And I wonder how much of it is he's internalizing that it wasn't the job, it was him. Oh, yeah. 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 As opposed and to the place was toxic, now it's less toxic. Yes. It, it really, Nate really reminds me in this season of, you know, we've all seen it as nerds in our nerd community, but there's like, you know, people that were picked on when they were younger or bullied. And then the first chance they get when they're in a position of power or or you know seniority or authority or whatever is they pass on that bullying and they assume the role of bully and it's like like they've like they've been just biding their time so that they can pass that hurt on to someone else oh it's bullshit you can just read comics and that's cool in my day if you read comics you got you know beat up yeah you skip beat up for having dungeons and dragons books and now celebrities play it no anyone yeah, can yeah it reminds yeah. me of that stuff in in the yeah. nerd community that i just fucking hate and uh it's it's yeah it's very toxic but so uh you know i I feel too that, uh, and we'll see the repercussions. We don't really get to see a lot of the repercussions uh, of how this is affecting Ted 
uh, Nate's ultimate betrayal, which really only happens in those last two se- the two episodes, right? Um, but, you know, Ted opened up for the first time, I feel like, probably to anybody. I doubt he even told this stuff to his wife. The stuff about his dad, yeah. uh, the stuff he tells Sharon, the yep. stuff he confesses to his diamond dogs about, I have panic attacks. You know, like, he really is uh, growing and opening up. And the first time he does this, it is betrayed. Yeah. In the worst possible way. And I think that it that to me is is going to echo through season three. But it's really indicative of just how bad what Nate did is. Yeah. It's not just it's not like, oh, he went to the oh, he went and told them that Roy and Keeley trouble in paradise and gave them that gossip bit. Right. He didn't go and say, oh, Hannah and Sam are having an affair. I found out about that. No, he betrayed like something that was only told to that in very small group of men that was like, I am trusting you. You know, yeah. with this with this raw, open honesty. And the first thing Nate thinks to do when he's upset is I'm going to I'm going to fucking I'm, I'm going to betray him. the trust that I'm he gave gonna me. I'm going to ruin him. Yeah. 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 It goes to Trent Krim. Trent Krim, the independent. Yeah. Trent Krim, independent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, the heel turn with Nate this year is really well done. Um, yeah. And the thing, Pat and I talked about it after watching the episode, and I will say that our children were super pissed about it. They, <laughs> they did not, they did not, and, and it, Nate was being an asshole from the beginning of the season. They were like, I don't like this this story arc. And I'm like, I don't like it either, but I don't think they did it because I'm supposed to like it. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, think I think Nate, that yeah. season one, Nate had moments where he was a complete asshole. Oh, I mean, yeah. The, his first encounter with Ted and and beard before he realizes that they're the new coaches he's a complete dick to him he's yelling at him yeah um the first thing he says to uh to rebecca when he thinks he's going to be fired is he calls her a shrew you know and you can tell he's getting ready to lay into her that's not the worst thing he's going to say that's an opening salvo he goes Um, go ahead pat oh and he knows once he's told that oh no no by the way you're actually being promoted you're going to be a coach isn't this great he never apologizes. Right. Ever. Right. Yeah. Where other people have had you know, said things and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm really so sorry. Or I, that was a misunderstanding. And he's yeah. just like, oh, well, it was understandable that I was allowed to or that I, it's OK that I would have said this because yeah. you're firing me for no reason. So I get to yell at you before I leave, which also is shouldn't be a thing, even yeah. if he thinks it's OK to do. It's like, no, you were. What if you were fired? So what? Nate yeah, really well, develops a sense of entitlement that we've seen it there already. Yes. Yes. And it's also that, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you, we get this glimpse of him with his father too. another father's theme. The way Nate's father is treats him and isn't is never happy with what he, he has. Right. On Nate's best day where he's the wonder kid and all the newspapers are talking about him. It's still not good enough. Right. But a lot of people have parents like that. A lot of people get bullied. A lot of people are treated badly. But that doesn't mean that they are the kind of person who goes for the the, the ribs, right? That they, right. they he really goes for the soft parts. He knows exactly what to say to really hurt people. And that's why what does what's Rebecca the most you know, like insecure about the fact that she's a woman in a male dominated field and that she all this time has just been Rupert's wife. And now she's got to take over as owner and try to be respected. So what does he do? He says something misogynist. 
just to yep. take her down, just to take her down. Yeah. Like yeah. the shit that like he, he goes for the, and we see that in episode one, when he does his roast, he goes for the meanest thing he can possibly say. And, and it's always something very personal and hurtful, you know, yeah. not just something that's like, Oh yeah, you don't, you don't play soccer all that well. It's instead, it's like about appearance or like, you know, your, yeah. your home life or the way he takes down uh shoot. I'm forgetting the, the character's name, the one soccer player comes to him and asks for him for, him for feedback. Colin, Colin, Colin. The, the, way, the way he takes down Colin is just horrifying. And Colin's bad. a nice guy. He's yeah. never been shitty to him. Right. Uh, and, but no, he was no, one of the guys that was shitty. He was. To him was he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was him and Isaac. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Him and Isaac were the okay. two shitty ones. I guess but, I must be getting him mixed up with somebody. But I mean, there, there is so much that we see of Nate that was always there. Um, and, and, you know, when it comes to a head, it's really easy to go, well, I don't like what they did with Nate. And it's like, that was always there. Yeah. That was always there. And, and they do a great job of showing like Ted Lasso has found his father, his father's body after he shot himself. He was in the house when the gun happened, when the gun went off. Um, you know, Rebecca's saw her father cheating on her mother. (coughs) Um, that you've got you've got the way that Jamie Tart's father treats him and you see all these mm-hmm. people having had really shitty experiences with their father moving past it and trying to be better people mm-hmm. and then you see Nate doing the opposite yeah yeah he has so, a shitty father and arguably his father's less shitty than these others yeah i mean i mean he's distant he's distant and, ex- and, and he's and, not very supportive right um yeah. And yeah. And so Nate obviously is making Ted his father figure. I mean, that's yeah. clearly what's happening. He, uh, you know, that you'll notice that, I mean, most of the time when he walks in to work, he says, where's Ted? Yeah. Where's Ted? Uh, when coach beard kind of lights into him a little bit and is like, you know, you gotta, you, you, you weren't very nice the way you talked to, I don't remember. I think it was, it was Colin. Colin. So, so he's like, you didn't, you didn't do that. Well, you, you were, you were too much. It was too much. First thing Nate says is, well, did you tell Ted this? Yeah. Like he, that's who he, that's all he cares about is Ted's opinion of him. As we find out in the, you know, the end of season two. But one of the things that uh, Nick Muhammad, the actor who plays uh, Nate mentioned was, uh, so Ted and Nate have not been alone together in a scene since uh, season one, episode seven, up until this last episode of season two. So basically it's been like a full season of episodes where they have not spent any time alone together that we've been shown. Uh, and that really underscores when we get to the end of the finale and and Nate is screaming at him, like, you made me feel so important. It was just before that roast. You know, you made me feel like the most important person in the world and then you just abandoned me. You know, and that they actually do that in the episodes, which I think is pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Which, um, and, and he's not wrong, but he's not right. right? Yeah. I think we should uh, talk about something that a uh, friend of show Wendy brought up, which is that Nate believes that there is a zero s- net sum game of love. If love you is get, finite. Love is yeah. Yeah, finite. So if you give more to somebody, you're obviously giving less to somebody else. And he exactly. feels he's the less. Well, and he thinks, you know, the photo he gave Ted isn't on his desk, but it turns out it's at home next to Ted's son's picture. Yep. Right. Like in basically the most loving place it could be. But Nate can't see it. And so he's a fucking bitch about it. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's. Yeah. yeah. The, 
the transformation, the physical transformation he undergoes this season with um, the the wardrobe changes. Oh yeah, and his hair. He's he's trying on the suit, and and he ends up dressing like Roy Kent before he tries to kiss Keely. And, yep. And uh, yeah. that is him trying to like he thinks. He's got to be this bad guy in order to get ahead, in order to succeed, despite all these examples around him of people choosing not to be the bad guy and succeeding. It's he's really missing the point with all this yeah. happening around him. It's really uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So real fast. Give me one answer for each. All right. Okay. Prediction for next season. One thing. And then what do you hope they don't do? Okay. Nick. Nick. Uh, I uh, I think I predict next season uh, Sam and Rebecca will have a, a final split. Mm. Not just this end of the season kind of will they, won't they. But I think they will be completely going their separate ways and, and come to uh, a, a friendly relationship. Nice. And That's a good one. And what I hope doesn't happen is an entire fucking season of will they, won't they. I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Pat, quick. So, uh, sure, say that and lose it. Um, what I'm afraid that they're going to do, I do not want them to do, is I don't want to have a pregnancy something with Keely and Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. On the, they're on their own personal situations and everything. They're doing their thing, but I just don't want to have the issue, isn't she pregnant, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I just agreed. Don't. What do you I, think will happen next season? I think what we're going to find out is how much of a gremlin troll uh, Rupert is for um, poisoning Nate. We, um, oh. How much is it going to be? We're going to find out that he's been accidentally running into Nate and like the whole win wonder child, like did Rupert say that to the uh, reporter? Right, And then right. the reporter yeah. asked it, that type of thing. It's like, how much is Rupert still trying to puppet string well we only yeah. see rupert twice in the season and both times rupert talks to nate and we don't see what rupert says very interesting because he does it at at rebecca's father's funeral and then he does it in in episode 12 so that yeah. is that makes a lot of sense i'd, I'd love to see that tim what yeah. do you uh what do you think is going to happen what do you hope doesn't happen okay well i think that uh sam obasanya is going to become a member of the nigerian world cup soccer team Nice. Uh, yeah. Ghana billionaire dude is like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna make it so it doesn't happen. It's like, fuck him. He's from Ghana. There's nothing <laughs> he can do. He can't do anything about it. And uh, I think what I don't want to happen is I don't want Roy and Keely to break up. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't like that storyline idea. I don't think that's where they're going. But I would be very disappointed if they did. Agreed. Uh, I predict that they are going to uh, really, we're going to see a lot more uh, football actually next season. We didn't Ooh. see a lot this season. I think we're oh, going to yeah. see a lot more as we get to see more football heating up, especially between Man City, Manchester City and uh, Richmond. Now that Nate has gone over to Manchester City. No, it's, and West bought it. it's West, West Ham. It's West Ham. Manchester yeah. City is where Jamie went. That's yes. right. Now that I think we're going to see it between West Ham and Richmond now that it's going to be Rupert and Nate versus uh, Ted and Rebecca. Right. Yeah, I can see that. What I really hope they don't do is I really hope they don't change who Ted is and make him use this betrayal uh, to become less of a good guy and start to do maybe like make some bad choices of sneaky underhanded stuff that he wouldn't do 
but that he feels compelled to do because I guess that's how you have to play to win. I guess you have to play dirty. And I hope that that's not what, where they go with it. It's um, a good one. All right. But it is time for Pat's five questions. Five questions. Five questions from Pat. And I'll try to keep them short because I know we're on a time thing here. So let's do it. Let's do it. My first one is, this is about sports. I know a lot of geeks aren't sportsy people, but what is a recommendation for another TV or movie that is about sports that you would recommend to geeks? I can go mm. first because I yeah. actually like TV and sports movies. Uh, Bull Durham. Bull Durham is a, is a hilarious, hilarious movie with great acting. Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins, uh, and Kevin... Whatever the hell his last name is, I just Costner. Costner. I knew it was a C, but I wanted to say Kevin Conroy, but he's Batman. Anyway, <laughs> um, so anyway, Kevin Costner, Tim Robbins, uh, Susan Sarandon. It yeah. is a hilarious film. You don't have to like baseball to like. That's true. To like, uh, yeah. If you like baseball, you'll like it more, but you don't have to like baseball to like it. Uh, I am going to say Major League. Uh-huh. which is another baseball movie you don't have to like baseball to enjoy. Uh, it's very similar in plot to the beginning of Ted Lasso. In fact, when I first saw like the first episode of Ted Lasso, I was like, oh, it's Major League. It's, you <laughs> I know. know, we're going we're gonna to win every game and we're going to show the, the person who thinks we can't do it that we can. Uh, the idea is that he's got a bunch of ragtag terrible players who are all uh, in the minors for various reasons. And instead he's going to bring them up to the majors and they're going to, they're going to win even though their owner wants them to lose. So major league is like if Ted Lasso, if Rebecca was a real villain and Ted Lasso was like uh, not a nice guy. Oh yeah. They set that up so hard. They do. What they did with Rebecca was brilliant. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. Uh, Letter Kenny. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, I, we've talked, we've sung the praises of uh, Letterkenny before, but Letterkenny, being a, a rural Canadian comedy, has a significant amount of hockey in it. And I fucking love all the hockey stuff. Right. To the degree that, like, we use their hockey slang in our just regular vocabulary these days. Um, yeah, it, great show. Uh, has sports, does not detract from my enjoyment. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. So it is autumn. Uh, Don't you want to answer? Oh, mine? That's right. Me, Eddie the Eagle. Oh, yeah. That's a fun movie. Oh, yeah. Nice. About the skier in the the Canadian, no, English skier who went to the uh, Olympics with ski jumping because he's the only person who qualified, even slightly qualified. It's great. (laughs) He's not fantastic, but the story is fun. Um, Okay, so... It is autumn. It is beautiful. I'm going to ask what a seasonal treat you have is. And it does not need to be a treat that's uh, like a beverage or anything. Uh, Mine actually is, I love the crunching leaves. Walking and crunching the leaves and such. That's just something I... That is a good good one. I like that. Not fond of raking them. I like just like walking on them. Uh, Autumn is a return of baking for me. Uh, I try not to bake when the air conditioning is on. Because that feels like I'm making two robots fight and paying for both of them. So that's stupid. Uh, But so basically all summer, we don't really bake anything. uh, And we don't really use the oven or the stove all that much. So autumn is like, it's time for me to start making casseroles and breads and cookies and muffins and uh, running the old oven to help heat the house. Because I will not turn the heat on until I absolutely have to. Uh, I don't know why that's my Minnesotan uh, shining through. 
boy, you know, uh, there's a there's a lot that comes to mind, but uh, I'm gonna say uh, it's eggnog season. Uh, and uh, eggnog is, uh, boy, if that was if I had eggnog on tap at home, I would be dead like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, egg, eggnog is I delicious. I can confirm this. He uh, loves eggnog. I, I drink very little of it, and I try to enjoy it sparingly, uh, but eggnog is fucking fantastic. And if you've never made eggnog from scratch, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. Uh, it's, a, it's a good yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, I love I love uh, Halloween decorations. I love them more than hey. Christmas. More than Christmas decorations, the pumpkins and the orange lights and the the ghosts hanging off of trees. I just, I, I just, there's something about the way people decorate their house for Halloween, and not as many people do it, which is maybe why I like it more. Yeah. Because the ones that put the effort into it really put the effort into it. Um, you know, and I love the fact that like this year there are little graveyards with things that say things like "did his own research." Yeah, yeah. stuff oh, like yeah. that. So anyway, that's mine. All right. Question two. No, three. Question three. Question three. So, um, cute pet story. We all have pets. Some cute thing your pet has done. I have one already. Um, all right. So uh, we have a kitten. Her name is Keely, named yes after Keely. And uh, she has been uh, what I refer to as dive bombing. She likes being on my shoulders. She likes being on my shoulders, whether or not I'm paying attention to anything, uh, whether or not I'm wearing a shirt. Um so yeah, she'll land on my shoulders to act like a parrot, like for a pirate. <laughs> it's really and right cute. now. She's that's... trying to step on the computer to end this that's... podcast early. <laughs> so, so that's me. Uh, uh, every morning when we wake up, we have this uh, same ritual that happens with both with our our cat and our dog Peaches and uh, Triscuit. Uh, every morning we wake up, and as soon as my CPAP mask comes off, Peaches leaps up onto my chest laying on top of me and i uh uh check her you know arms and legs and and torso for like any bumps or lumps or anything make sure she's okay stretch her legs a little bit and then once that's done she rolls off me in between molly and i where we lavish her with attention for a minute or two before uh we we hug around her and give her give her a squish And then she, she when, once the squish has happened, she politely gets up and turns around and gets off. out of the way so that Trisket can come Ooh. and lay down in between us and lay down in the nook of my arm. And we pet him and we lavish him for a minute or two. We both pet him, give him all our attention. And then we give him a squish. And once the squish yeah. is over, he gets up and, and walk, goes to the edge of the bed and like starts his day. And so both. Every day. That's amazing. cute. Oh my it's gosh. Wow. Ridiculously cute. It it's is, ridiculously it cute. It is, yeah. It is uh, like get diabetes sweet, but <laughs> it's great. Peaches will, uh, the thing I want to say for mine is Peaches will come over when I'm working and uh, my chair, when I'm sitting in my chair on my desk, my my legs are just at the right height for her to walk over and just put her little face on my leg. <laughs> so she just rests oh. her head on my leg and I look down and she goes, ow. Like she'll make a little noise like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I can't. Like I'm working and she'll go, ah, and she goes and lays down, but it's just like a check-in, like any chance you could play. It's like, no, I can't play. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> she goes to bed. <laughs> yeah. Where's the check? Yeah. Um, 
our our eldest cat Pluto is a calico cat, and she's super good at it. She's a big prank. <laughs> um, I'm her person, and one thing she'll do is in the middle of the night. Uh, when I get up and I have to go to the restroom, she will usually then come back when I lie down on the bed. She'll come up onto my pillow, flop down, so basically my face is buried in her back <laughs> so that I can put my hand on her on her chest and scratch her chest. And she Aww. will just start purring super, super hard as oh, soon yeah. as I do that. That's um, awesome. It is really adorable. It is I love it. All right, question four. Alrighty, so you guys have recently purchased a house. What's something you really like about your house? Hmm, the backyard, uh, the the deck patio. It's fenced in. It's not grass. It's all like it's it's almost all patio or deck, except for like a like a a nice manicured edging like strip around that has right now it has mulch. We're hoping to figure something else out because mulch wood mulch is not great against a wood fence. It makes it rot. But, uh, uh, yeah, I really love just having a backyard for one. Cause we didn't have a backyard in our old house at all. Uh, we had a, a postage stamp of a front yard and that was it. And then a half driveway in the back and we were crammed in with our other neighbors. So we have a big corner lot. We have a lot of space. It's really nice. Sit on the patio and have coffee and the do- like the dog can just go be outside for a while. Like I can just have the window open to pay attention to her. Yay. So she's really, she puts her head on my leg and she wants to do something. I can be like, go outside, go play outside. And she'll just be in the yard. It's great. I, uh, you know, the, other than like the location and the neighborhood, I feel like about our house specifically is um, uh, it, we have uh, USI fiber. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, it's the it's the municipal internet company in Minneapolis, but we're getting uh, one gig down and one gig up for like seventy bucks a month. The fiber comes all the way into our house into the into the basement before hitting a media converter and going to our devices, but. Um, it's, you know, when we were looking for a house, we, we basically gave a USI fiber map to the realtor and said, you know, where do we want a house? Uh, anywhere on this map that's green. Huh. Uh, be- because, you know, Molly and I both work from home and we both have some stuff that is particularly bandwidth intensive uh, sure. on the on the upload, which, you know, isn't typically common. And so having that uh, extra upload speed is really important. But uh, fuck, it's great. <laughs> it's great really not supporting has... Comcast or, or CenturyLink. Yay! Uh, what about you two? When we first moved into this house, one of the big things that was important in every house we went to look at, Pat's biggest complaint was always the closets. And uh, mm. our, master, our master bedroom has his and her walk-in closets. Or... His and his or hers and hers. I don't want to judge whoever lives theirs in this house. Yeah, theirs and theirs. It has two walk-in closets. Enough for each person living in that room to have their own walk-in closet, which is pretty That's great. Awesome. Can't That's awesome. That's so how, crazy. Can't tell you how lovely that is. We loved old houses, but trying to find a house built before, say, 1925 with closets is not easy. So that was Oh, awesome. yeah. No joke. I also like the fact that our bedroom has its own ensuite bathroom. Yeah. Love yeah. Loving right. on, sweetie. So, last to, the last one? Yeah. Yeah, question five. Last one. Quick moment of something from Ted Lasso, because I want to bring it back, of something that was just like almost a one off joke that you laughed at, anyways. Reason I bring this up, 
Mine one is, didn't get to mention it, I love the fact that when Roy at the very end is, you know, yelling and coaching the players, he yells, whistle, whistle. (laughs) (laughs) So that's mine. Uh, Another uh, little one-off thing. Roy Roy coaching the girls, the little girls team, and uh, he... He uh, he tells them that they need to get in there and do headers and stuff. And then he's like, apparently you're not supposed to do headers because of traumatic brain injury or some <laughs> shit like that. And he's like, it's fucking ridiculous. But I guess, you know, like I just they, this know those little girls, just all the little girls. And Roy can't be basically just being like, go out there and fucking destroy them. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, it was great. It was great. Trying to think of a, a particular moment, and I'm not. I uh, I'll go with uh, I enjoyed, and there are many Roy Kent mo- moments that I could pick. So I'm I'm purposely choosing a non Roy Kent moment. Yeah, right. Which is um, when Sassy climbs up into uh, into Rebecca's room like she used to when she was a kid. Oh um, sure. And then Sassy's daughter tries to do it and falls. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm having a really strugglesome time thinking of a funny moment, but I, I'm going to cheat and say something that I really appreciate about Ted Lasso. And maybe this is because it's a show that takes place in uh, Britain, but uh, there is no one particularly religious in this show. There's no one who yeah. is like going to God in yeah. their time of need in this show. The only religious person that we for sure know is religious, I think is the priest who yells at <laughs> Rebecca and them for being too loud. Uh, Danny. I'm pretty uh, Danny, sure Danny yeah. is, is, is religious. Oh, but, Danny. He just yeah. kinda, but it's mostly like about like, life is beautiful, yeah. football is beautiful, God is beautiful. Yeah, he like, does pray yeah. to himself yeah. at one moment. Yeah, maybe it didn't stick out because it wasn't too Well, it doesn't, feel, we- well, it doesn't yeah. feel weird, though. It feels right. more like, a, oh, my God, please let me make this thing. Yeah, Not it's, a, it's, yeah. it's great. And that, that whole funeral scene with them causing a ruckus <laughs> was pretty funny, too. It was. Yeah. Even though we all got Rickrolled. Thank you so much, Pat, for being on the show. That was really great. Thanks for writing us five questions. If you want to write us five questions about Ted Lasso or anything else, uh, send them to five questions at geekswithoutgod.com. And we will read them on the show when we don't have a guest that's the the way it goes we do have a good number stored up but that doesn't mean you can't send yours in don't make us beg don't make it be when we need you most that's when you fail us why don't you just fail us right now <laughs> sending uh, wait how's that fail I, all right never mind i'm coaching from the back <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't let, uh, uh, you know, don't, don't let the, you not writing in five questions, rip our belief sign in half. That's really oh. what I'm saying. Oh. Right? Like, we you had need to bring you. that up at the end I of did. the episode. I, did. I can't get it out of my head. That sign uh, ripped in half. I genuinely gasped out loud yeah. and went, no. Okay. Anyway, uh, you can like us on Facebook, find us on Twitter. Uh, we are working on our website. Uh, the person we hired to work on our website also has a full-time job and three kids. So so calm down. He'll get to it. And we are going to do our best to make sure that we bring you this show every Tuesday for the rest of our goddamn lives. <laughs> Until we die. <laughs> We've been Geeks Without God. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next Tuesday. Cheerio. Bye. Cheerio. Tall. Now get out there and have some fucking fun. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. We're geeks.
authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Need more geeks without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. Geeks without God. And now I have the kitten sleeping on my lap.